Hey, today's a special Sunday. We're going to celebrate what God's been doing in our church. You know, God is at work and we've been going through this series called Be the Message and we've seen that when we be, make a decision to follow Jesus, put our trust in what God has done for us through the work of Jesus on the cross, he died uh, to pay the penalty for our sins, and when we put our faith in what Jesus has done, then um, there's some transformation that begins to happen, right? Um, the scriptures teach us that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in our lives, and he begins this process of transformation to teach us to follow him, to confront and convict us of areas where we're in sin and we need to stop, and then encourage us in the right direction. And so there's this transformation that starts to happen. And when that happens, the people around us naturally see that something's going on. Um, what is happening? And the reality is that God wants to bring us to the place of transformation where people can literally see or uh, watch a sermon as they see us live our lives. And so we've been looking at this, and I've been so encouraged by the stories that I've been hearing. Got some really encouraging letters and notes and comments of what of how this series has really challenged and encouraged people to begin to step out and follow Jesus. Through this series, you know, we've looked at um, uh, um, how we need to find our voice and how God really does have a message that we can share with the world. And we, have, we can find within what we've been through uh, a way to help others and encourage others. And we learned in that week that oftentimes it's the struggles, it's areas of brokenness and weakness and struggle that God uses then um, to, to help us and to give us opportunity to help and serve others. And so it's through those areas of struggle that God oftentimes uses us. And that's encouraging. Then we um, talked about discovering or finding um, our purpose, our life purpose. And in that, we realized that really our number one purpose is to have a relationship with the living God. And to cultivate that and focus on it and build it. And then trust God that as we grow in our relationship with him, he's going to use us to help the people around us. We, um, we uh, studied on how to develop our character and that God really does want to transform us and change us. And that we st- when we stay broken and when we stay humble before God, then God can speak to us and he'll bring about those changes in our life. Because our character, when we come to Jesus, our character is not such that we're going to be able to encourage others in a positive direction, typically. But when we go through that transformation with Jesus, then it comes, uh, he brings us to a place where we can, we can help others and encourage them towards God. And so we looked at that, developing our character. And then last week we looked at activating your mission. And the reality is that oftentimes we find ourselves in a place where we're just not doing anything. We're kind of, uh, whether we're stuck, whether we've been through some difficult things and struggles and we just don't want to do anything, whether we're a little discouraged or whether we're just being lazy, we get in a place oftentimes where we're kind of stuck. And the truth is, last week we looked at the life of Moses and how Moses was in that place. But God didn't leave him there. Moses was out in the desert uh, not doing anything for God, and yet there was a destiny and a calling that God had on his life. And so we saw last week how God went and found Moses, because he knew where he was. And he called him out and he said, listen, get up and move. There's something I have for you to do. And so my prayer is that today, through this service, through the different, the songs we sing and the stories that we hear, that you're going to be reminded and encouraged that coming to the end of a series like this is not the end. It's really the beginning because God is calling us on mission. He is calling us to step out and to follow him and to serve and to encourage and to help the people around us. So um, 
Hang in there with us through the service. I think you're going to be blessed and encouraged, and we're going to just celebrate what God's doing. So let me say a word of prayer as we get started today. God, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for caring enough about us to reach out to us and meet us where we are and to call us into a relationship with you. Father, I pray that as we go through this service today, we will be able to celebrate what you're doing in this church and how you're moving in people's lives. And Father, that you would continue to motivate us and call us to step out and follow you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, um, as we moved here, my wife and I moved here in August, we've gotten to know uh, many of you, but there's a couple of families we've gotten to know a little bit better. One of them is because we've been doing some remodeling on a home, and so uh, Joe and Teresa have a business, and Joe's been over to do some electrical work, and we've gotten to know him. And of course, uh, our friends Byron and Amy have been involved in their life too. And so Joe and Teresa have been on a journey moving uh, toward a relationship with God and towards following him and ultimately towards uh, serving and helping others. And so as I've talked to Joe and got to know him, I just said, hey, can we um, share your story with the church? Because I know it would bless them and people would be encouraged. And so Joe and Teresa agreed to do that. And so Ken made a video of them. And so we wanted to share that with you. Uh, just notice this in their story. I know it's going to bless you and encourage you. But their story is really one of this, that God um, allows us to walk through life till we get to the end of ourselves. We try it our way, we try it our way, and if we're smart, <laughs> and if we're observant, we recognize at some level it doesn't work. We reach a point where we go, look, I've, I've been doing everything my way and it just isn't working. And it's oftentimes in those moments we turn to God and he meets us, he's waiting to connect with us. I'm Joe Bracken. I'm Teresa Bracken. And we have two daughters, Sophie and Emma. And we moved to the area about 12 years ago? Mm, about, yeah, I guess that would be about 12. About 12 years ago. Um, before that, um, I graduated high school from North Platte, and I started in the electrical industry right away after that. Um, and then from there, I went to college, and that's where I met my wife, Teresa. We dated through college, and we were married in 2005. After that, we moved to Wisconsin, um, and we were just living life as normal. Um, we were both working in our careers um, from, our, from what we went to college for, and after a while, we moved back to Nebraska, and after we landed in Scotts Bluff, we, we, uh, we started building a house. And then I came home one day and told my pregnant wife that I was going to quit my job and start my own business. Yes, it was shocking. Especially since he was the one that carried the insurance. Um, so it just kind of changed. <clears throat> I was just part-time. We had had Sophie. Um, so I cut down to like three days a week, I think it was, when I went back and just worked part-time. Um, at the pharmacy, I'm a pharmacist, and then basically I, since he was going to do that, I ended up going full-time, um, so just kind of stressful. So I would say that that's probably where all the stresses of that lifestyle, at that time we didn't really have Christ in the center of our lives, and we didn't have Christ in the center of our marriage, and so... Pretty much we were just living life like I guess you would say that anybody else would. We were both in full-time careers. I was trying to start a business. Um, 
and we're in the middle of building a house. So things were pretty stressful um, and I could definitely feel the strain uh, on our family and on our marriage as well. Um, I guess it kind of got to the point where um, I felt like the relationship that we had once had was gone. Um, I didn't really know what we had hoped for a future. Um, I, at least that's what I started feeling. Um, and I know that was due to a lot of the stresses that I had brought into our household. So um, it was at that time that I began to pray. Um, and it was tough for me to, to get to a point to pray again because I was raised as one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And when I was a teenager, I left that faith. And when you leave that religion, you lose your family and you lose all of your friends. You get shunned by the community that, that you're in. And so when that happened, I, I lost my faith. I lost my faith in God. Um, I didn't want anything to do with any type of religion. I didn't want to have any type of affiliation with any church. I didn't trust any of it because of the pain that had come, you know, from, from that that religion. So, um, so for me, it was a, it was a large step to actually submit and pray. Um, but that's what I started doing. Um, it was shortly after that, that Byron Holsworth called me. Byron called and, uh, invited me to come look at a project that he had going on. Um, and so I met him on the job. For the first time, um, I could tell that he was a good contractor and knew what he was doing. Um, he he was just different than some of the other contractors I had worked with. Uh, you could just see in his speech, in his action. Um, he invited me out to lunch, went to Subway. Uh, he prayed <laughs> in the middle of Subway for everybody with me. So um, I had a. big effect on him and yeah. I guess for for me once we had our kids um, we you know had moved out here we built a house he started his own business we had Sophie um, and two years later we had Emma um, my brother was saved sometime within <clears throat> having my daughter Sophie and then Emma our daughter and um, once you have kids, you feel like, I mean, I knew there was a God and I knew um, about him. I just never had a relationship with Jesus. And so um, my brother had come out to visit and had asked me if I was going to heaven. And I said no um, because of my past. Um, and so it really got me thinking. And that was the point of it. Um, and so I started taking the girls on and off to church um, and went to some of them. Um, and that was a little bit before um, Joe got the call from, from Byron. So it was just amazing God's timing in all of it. Because I, after learning that, I was praying to that he would come around because sometimes he would go with us um, to look at a church and sometimes he wouldn't. And that was really hard for me having two little kids and some of the churches are really great for having um, kids stuff for them to go do but when you don't know a lot of 
the people when you're just going to visit, like Sophie would go with anyone, but Emma would like cling to me like she was in when it leave me, so. Yeah. So it was tough. I didn't trust anybody from church and I didn't just, I just didn't trust, trust anything from churches in general. Um, and so it really took me getting to know Byron on a personal level on the job site um, before I began to trust, um, you know, tr trust him. And we, that relationship, that initial work relationship turned into a friendship. Byron and I were talking one-on-one -on -one, one day and um, he had just come right out and asked, you know, like, do you have a relationship with God? You know, have you accepted Christ as your savior? And I, I basically said, well, I, I don't know. I don't really even know what that looks like because I had always been taught, you know, something different. I'd never had that instruction. I'd never been given that in my upbringing. And so um, it was something where, you know, he said that, you know, that's something that if you feel like you're ready, you know, you, you know, that's something that is, is personal in, in your moment of time with God. And so I don't remember the exact time when it was, but, um, you know, I do remember that at that time I was praying quite a bit. I was seeking truth and direction and, you know, it could have, could have been at night um, when I was laying in bed and, you know, things were finally quiet, you know, when you you thank God for the day and you thank God for everything that he's doing in your life and then you, you make that commitment, you know, you, you ask God, you know, it's hard to describe what that feeling is because you just feel like now like everything else washes away, it's not important, work, you know, home, anything else, it's just like you're just like, God, I just want to serve you now. Um, everything that he's done is, is great, you know, it's so amazing that, you know, that's, that just becomes your desire, that becomes your heart to want to do that, so. And then, you know, it changes you, and um, it should. Your home life should not look the same, um, you know, a year from now. Um, but that's because of the work that Jesus does in us. Yeah. If you would have asked me, <clears throat> 10 years ago where I would be, I would say I would be a pharmacist working at the pharmacy with doing financial peace and um, kind of just doing doing life God's way. Um, I've had the opportunity to step back from, from pharmacy and just help my husband with his business and be there for our kids. Um, and I don't think that could have happened. Um, if we didn't know Jesus, yeah. um, because we'd still be living for, you know, ourselves and yeah. everything that this world says we need. As new believers, as young believers, like we have a lot of growing to do. And, you know, that comes through us meeting together and praying together and getting into God's word. And, you know, and, and that, you know, and you see that change happen. It happens over time. But, you know, you start to grow and your confidence starts to grow and you start to have more and more desire to share Christ um, with other people that you meet in your daily lives. It's not only just like the initial introduction, but then like after that, like like pouring into people and, you know, praying with them and reading God's word with them and, you know, the tools that we've had. Neighbor is no longer just the person living beside you. 
It's anybody that you've ever had contact with in your life. And now with, you know, technology, that's anybody. You know, now we have had an opportunity to get back in touch with some old college friends of ours that we haven't seen in years. Um, and they are, some of them are hurting. Some of them um, have, are in marriages that are in separation now. And we've had opportunities to personally share Christ with them and to see some of those friends of ours come back into a relationship with Christ now. I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool to now know that some of your best friends that you had are going to be in heaven with you someday. Um, and, and it hasn't just been some friends from our past. In my industry and in my trade, I meet a lot of people. Um, and, you know, God has used us to help people in need. He's used us to um, be able to have the opportunity to share Christ with other people that we work with, people that may never step foot inside a church. But, you know, when they walk onto a job site and you're working together, um, there's times that, you know, they have lives, they have families, they have kids. Um, and they go through the same struggles that everybody else goes through. And you get unique opportunities working side by side with them to share Christ with them and to share the power of what God can do in your life. Um, and that has just been amazing to see God use everything from the last 10 years, you know, the, just everything that he has done, the people that he's put in our lives, the training that we've gotten from Mitchell Berean, um, and all of that is now coming all the way back around full circle. And now he's saying, go and be my messenger, you know. It's been humbling to see what he has used um, us and our story, you know, to translate that into being witnesses for him in other people's lives. Cliff and Sherry Miller, um, you know, we... We didn't really get to meet them for a little bit, but we saw Cliff get baptized on Giles last Sunday here and heard a little bit of his story. And then they signed up for our life group, and so we got to know them a little bit better and heard the things that they've been through. They've really, uh, over the last eight to ten months, God's just done amazing things in their life. And so as they shared their story with us, I said, man, I'd really like to share this with the church. I think it would encourage a lot of people. And they said, of course, people need to hear what God's doing in our lives. And so um, as you watch their story, remember this, that God really does meet us where we're at. He really does move to meet us and to connect with us, whatever that looks like, whether it's a dark season that we're going through, no matter how deep it is, God really connects and he, he works in us to move us to a place of health and wholeness and he heals us and then he turns around and gives us opportunity to help others. It really is the process, and you're going to see that in their story. So let's watch uh, the story of Cliff and Sherry Miller. Hi, this is Cliff and Sherry Miller, uh, calling to you from Miller's Ridge. I'd like to take a few minutes and just talk to you about my testimony. And uh, This story started back in when I was just a little boy, and I kind of got lost for a ways. And I found my way back on December 26th of 2018. It was a pretty traumatic day for us. And uh, I'd like to share it with everybody and, and tell everybody out there that things are not lost. On, uh, in November, we found out that our business was in a little bit of trouble that we had. And I had went through quite a bit of stress management, if you would, if that's what I call it. Went through some highs and lows for about 60 days. 
and I didn't, I didn't give up at the time. And then some things happened, and I didn't, didn't want to be here anymore. And I was sitting in my Camaro in the garage, and I was writing my goodbye letters. And this is the story of two knocks. At that time, I had the car running, my garage door was closed, and I could hear two knocks on my door. What is going on? Where did two knocks come from? So I went to the laundry room door and I looked out the way and it was a cold, misty, rainy day. And I could look down the driveway and see there's no tracks in the driveway. For the life of me, I couldn't figure it out, but I know that I didn't want to be embarrassed by having the FedEx guy or the UPS guy be the ones to find me in my car. So that the tune, I went and shut the car off. And I come in and called Sherry when she was at work and said, meet me at the hospital. Well, I know on uh, December 25th, the night before he tried to um, commit suicide, I knew that he was not gonna be here the next day. But thank goodness God intervened in his life to keep him here with us those two knocks were knocks from God. He sent Jesus to interrupt the situation that was happening and tell me that I'm not through with this life. I know I was being selfish at the time when I was thinking. I wasn't thinking of Sherry. I wasn't thinking of the children and the grandchildren. I was just thinking what could make me be in a better place. And that was my answer at the time. But since then, the first part of January, life has been good. Came together, probably stronger as a couple, and I didn't think that we could get any stronger, but we are. And we learned a lot. I learned that I can't leave the ER when I want to leave the ER and come home. I have to do my due diligence and take care of myself. And Sherry was strong. She was strong for me, she was strong for the family. And through Christ, we have found answers that we never thought were out there. We knew they were there, we just weren't asking for the help. After my short stay in the hospital, I came home and I was alone again, and I know Sherry was concerned. We went through this for about 60 or 90 days. I'm battling other stressors, and finally found the Berean Church. And it's just been a blessing since we started there. We have met so many good people that have come into our lives. From Giles to John to Ken, and everybody that's coming to our lives to help us out with the life group and our Bible study with Gene. It's just been a an awesome transition for us. And I just want to thank everybody out there for, for being there for us and and just taking us in as their own families. Now, the church family we have found out is just as important as anything else. And that our love is not just between the two of us, but there's hundreds of people out there that truly love us. Through this tour or vacation, whatever you want to call it, that we've had through this whole ordeal, I found myself again. Uh, the VA has helped me put me back into school, uh, finished my psychology degree, and I'm going to work with veterans that have found themselves in my place. I didn't know that I was hitting a trigger point with PTSD. Uh, PTSD is something that can live with you forever, and then all of a sudden it can be set off like a bomb. 
Let me tell you, those landmines are pretty tough to cross through. He didn't believe in PTSD. Right. You know, and he thought that was just, you know, a weak person's way. Well, then when all this happened, it brought all the back, his army stuff and everything that happened over there, and it just snowballed into something that he couldn't control. I was pretty tore up until probably about May when we started hitting the church and started getting involved again, and things started falling into place, and things really made sense. The Lord has pulled people out of my lives for a reason. I put other people in there for a real good reason. And we're very happy to be a part of Mitchell Berean Church. And we just want everybody to know out there that there are answers. Um, if you can't find them in the answers that you're looking for, just continue on down the road looking for more answers. Don't give up. I almost did. It almost cost me a beautiful life. And I've got to know Christ back through this whole situation. I was reborn. I was baptized in the Mitchell Berean Church, and I'm very proud of that. And I would just like everybody to know that those battles are conquerable. With Christ, everything's possible. And I want you to be a part of our lives now. You know, Sherry, I know that you went through some tough times there, and I'm going to apologize to you. All I know is God has a lot of things left for us to do. And whether we help one person through to see that... Suicide is not the way that there is people out there to help. It's worth it, everything we've gone through in the last eight months, ten months, has been worth it. Through the strength in Christ is what's helped pull us through this and give Sherry the strength to help me out. You know, we've leaned on a lot on each other, and we've leaned on other people. And we just thank everybody and thank the Lord every day being here and being able to make a difference. Um, this journey is a long ways from over. We have a lot of people that we want to help, and as Sherry said, if we can help one person, that's great, and if we can help thousands, that's even greater. But please reach out and talk to people. Um, no situation is as bad as you think it is. It's a simple, simple answer, and it's hard to do. And I, I can attest to that by everybody. Believe in Christ as your Savior, because He will give you the strength to carry it through. That's our story. <laughs> if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter eight. That's where we're going to look real quick. Um, I want to uh, issue kind of a challenge to you today. As we end a series like this, like I said, it's not the end; it's just the beginning. Jesus is calling us to live for him, and he's called us out to get on mission for him. We really are supposed to be the message to the world around us. God wants to use our lives to impact the lives of people around us, and there's so much more that he wants to show us in that. But there's kind of a beginning point, and for some of you, it might be a beginning point. For some of you, it might be like Jasmine, where it's a rededication, a time to get refocused and back on track. I don't know where you're at, but I know there's a time for a commitment. And so today, as we end this series, but begin being the message and living uh, on mission for God as a church and as individuals, I want to issue one of those challenges, and it really comes from Jesus. 
In Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38, Jesus is talking to a group, a group of people, and he pulls, he has his disciples, and he pulls some people over, and he, uh, and he tells them this. This is his statement and challenge. In verse 34, it says this, Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in glory with his Father, with the holy, uh, the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Jesus speaking to a group of people. You know, I love uh, the way Jesus came, obviously, as God in the flesh, because he was a man of the people. He could relate to anybody. He could talk to anybody. People felt comfortable around him. He wasn't somebody that came above everyone, walking as though he was God and I'm better than all of you. But no, he really entered our world and he connected with each one of us, and, or excuse me, the people that lived in the day, no matter who they were. But Jesus uh, connected and he shared God's love for people. He shared that God cared about people. Uh, he made sure that people felt that and knew that. But Jesus also issued a challenge to people. He called them out away from a life that was self-directed, away from a life that was self-destructive, and to a life of living for him. And so in this passage, I love it because Jesus, you know, he obviously hasn't gone to the cross yet. But he brings into his conversation and to his challenge the cross. And really, Billy Graham said, if Jesus was uh, preaching today, if we were to translate it into our terms, because we don't use a cross for what it was used for in Jesus' day, it might sound something like this. Deny yourself, take up your electric chair, and follow me. And it's, uh, it's a shocking thing to think about, that um, really what Jesus was referring to was a... Was a um, a machinery of death. It was an execution um, machine. That's what the cross was. You know, we know that the Romans had developed this way of killing people and they were good at it. It was torturous, but it ensured everyone died that was hung on a cross. They suffocated. They lost their life eventually, but it was, it was gruesome and it was painful and it took a long time. And so Jesus was saying, look, this is, this is going to be a part of your life. Now, did he say it because he was calling people out to commit suicide and kill them? No. They weren't, they weren't looking for physical death, but Jesus was saying this, if you're going to walk with me, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to move into my kingdom, and if you're going to live according to the way that I'm, uh, that I'm presenting to you and I'm preaching, then you're going to need to do this. You're going to need to deny your way of living. You're going to have to die to yourself, and you're going to have to follow me. And really, it's the only way we can follow Jesus. It's the only way we can follow God and live according to his will is if we do die to ourselves. If we put to death our own will and our own agenda. Because that's how we're all born into this world. We're fighting for what we want. We're trying to get stuff for ourselves. But that distracts us and makes us unable to accomplish what God has for us. We can't really live the way God designed us if we're living just for ourselves. And so um, I think one of the keys to living this way of the cross that Jesus presents the way of the cross, really one of the keys to living it out, one of the secrets to uh, implementing it in our lives and seeing it really happen, is found in Galatians chapter 5. 
And Paul, you know, talking about life in the Spirit is what he's keyed in on here. And he says, if we live by the Spirit, we will not fulfill the desires of our sinful self or our sinful nature. If we live according to the Spirit, we won't fight with that. And so um, Paul is really saying, look, this idea of following God, of living for Jesus, of giving our lives to him is not one of effort. It's not one where we try harder to be a better person, but it's one where we allow God to influence us and take our lives over. And the only effort that we have to put forth in all of this is to deny ourselves and to follow Jesus and to follow the Spirit and to live our life in him. In Galatians 5, verse 24 and 25, it says this, So those who, or those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. See, when you get up in the morning, you can move out into your day, and instead of just doing the things that you want to do, instead of just directing your life, hey, I've got uh, things I need to accomplish, I've got tasks I need to do, I've got, uh, I've got all this stuff on my list, and I just get started and go after it. Instead of just living your life that way, you have the ability and the opportunity to tune into the Spirit of God. Because he's walking with you as you go throughout your day. Oftentimes we're not, we're not tuned in at all. We're not listening. We're not talking to him. We're not asking God, hey, what do you think I should do here? Hey, God, give me some direction. God, uh, help me to find those people that need a touch and a voice and encouragement from you. We're not even tuned into that. We just get focused on the tasks that we have and the busyness and, and our daily uh, responsibilities. And we forget all about the fact that God wants to use us today and tomorrow. And then he has a plan and a destiny he wants us to step into. And so today I want to um, encourage you and I want to challenge all of us um, that really if we're going to be the message, if we're going to live our lives for Jesus, then we need to take up our cross. We need to deny ourselves and we need to move into each and every day and say, God, what are we doing today? How are you going to direct me? Do you got somebody for me to help out today? Do you got somebody for me to encourage? Because each and every interaction it becomes a supernatural interaction when we're living life in the spirit. When we've taken a moment in the morning and as we start our day to deny ourselves and say, God, this isn't about me, it's about you. What are we doing? And God takes us on an adventure. And so to end this series and, and really today, I got some little crosses and uh, they're up here in these baskets. And I wanna, I wanna challenge us as a church to step up and to continue to make this decision. I, as I said, I know some of you, many of you have already. You've done this at some point. But I want to call you again to it today. To re-up your commitment to follow Jesus. To say, look, I'm not going to take a sideline. I'm not going to take uh, a backseat. I'm not going to let somebody else do it. God, I'm going to step up and I'm going to take up my cross every day by your power. And I'm going to step into this life. And I'm going, to, I'm going to just try to listen to you. I'm going to ask for your direction. I'm going to walk through my day tuned into the spirit who's at work within me. And guys, when we do that, I know God will use us in amazing ways. I know that there's people like Joe and Cliff all over the place. There's people like that that need some encouragement. They need to know that somebody cares. Maybe they're praying already and they're looking for some guidance. And we become those people that God can use in their lives. And so as we end today, I'm going to ask you to come forward. And I'm going to ask everyone to do this. And grab one of these crosses. We got, you know, it has a little hole in it, in the side, uh, at the top. And so you could put this on a keychain, could put it on a necklace, whatever it is. But I want to challenge you and encourage you to take with it, uh, take it with you every day.
As you go throughout your day, say, Jesus, uh, listen, I'm taking up my cross again today. Let's go. And, uh, and just step into that and walk with him. And remember, this is going to help you to remember to pray and say, God, what do you want me to do? Is there, somebody, is there something you want to use me for? How should I move into, into this day? And ensure that we're on track and we're on point and that we're connected to God's purpose for our lives. So let me, uh, let me say a prayer and then I'm going to have the worship team come back up and lead us through a song. And I just want to encourage you, come up. I want us all to do this. Come up and grab a cross and just say, God, I'm, I'm in. I want, to, I want to take up my cross every day and follow you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you for the challenge that Jesus issued, the Son of God issued us thousands of years ago to the people around him, that if they wanted to be a part of his kingdom, if they wanted to, um, if they wanted to be a part of him, really, that they needed to do this. They needed to deny themselves, and they needed to take up a sacrificial life and follow. And so, Father, here we are today. We're in a place where we need you. We know that we need you. We need your healing and we need your, uh, your mercy and grace and forgiveness. But really, we're in a place today where you're calling us not just to receive, but also to give. And so, God, I pray for each one of us here that we might, as we pick up this cross in a real powerful way, recommit ourselves to following you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.